Are you a busy mompreneur who has big dreams for your family, but you're always asking yourself, how am I going to have time to do it all? Then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jordan Rios, productivity and mindset coach and busy mom of seven. This is the High Vibe Mompreneur Podcast. Hello and welcome to the High Vibe Mompreneurs podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rios. And today I have a very special friend of mine who is going to be our guest on today's podcast. And I would like to introduce her to you. Her name is Stephanie Mello. And Stephanie is someone that I have known for, I don't know, years, I guess, We met through a a coaching program, and Stephanie says about herself that she has always wanted a mother since she was about 15 years old. She had a beautiful home birth, but experienced trauma due to breastfeeding problems, which caused anxiety and self-isolation. She loved the baby and toddler years. However, her mental and emotional health at that time was dark. She's been on a long journey raising five children while working and homeschooling. Montessori pedagogy has been the catalyst for much of her transformation from fear and uncertainty to joy and peace. And what Stephanie does, Stephanie is a mompreneur and she helps women live values driven lifestyles of autonomy and confidence. So they have a beautiful, holistic mothering experience. I'm so excited to interview Stephanie here today because I feel like we are really kindred spirits. And I know that you guys are going to love everything that she has to say on just being a high vibe mompreneur. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I agree. We're definitely kindred spirits. I like first messenger yeah. conversation. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, yeah, For sure. <laughs> so Stephanie, I love that you, especially as another large family mom and someone who's currently pregnant right now, I love your niche. I love who you are called to serve and your message. But I just want to, I want you to kind of walk me through your journey to entrepreneurship. So let's start at the beginning. So when did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I decided in 2007, I, this was about three years after I graduated from college. I was a missions major planning to become a missionary, but I I wasn't married. So that was kind of like a deterrent in my (laughs) background. And so I just got some jobs and I worked three jobs the first year after college just to, you know, pay the bills, pay back my student loans. And one of those jobs turned out to be a full-time job. And I worked in human resources for a coffee company for about a year. And then I noticed my mental health was starting to slip. I was like really experiencing a lot of depression and my best friend from college got a travel nursing job in Hawaii and Oahu. And she was like, you should come live with us. Like it's really cheap because the hospital paid for $2,000 of their rent. So I only had to pay like $250 a month to live at a Marriott resort in Hawaii. So I did it. I quit my job. I went to Hawaii and then it's very expensive place to live. Um, My other roommate and I decided to get our noses pierced when she was sad that her boyfriend was leaving. And my job 
at the coffee shop in Hawaii made me remove my brand new nose piercing. And that was when I decided that I did not want to work for other people the rest of my life. I love it. (laughs) That's amazing. On a beach on the west side of Oahu, reading a library book about like how to become an entrepreneur, I decided I was going to go into massage. So when I returned back to Wisconsin, I signed up for massage school and I started in December of that year and I graduated in July of 2008 and I opened my own massage practice and that was open until last year. So it was open from 2008 to 2022. I was practicing massage, built my own business up from the ground. I, I did align with a great acupuncture company. Um, so I was able to get a lot of referrals easily from them. Within one year, I was maybe one and a half years. I was fully booked in my massage practice and then got married and quickly found out I was pregnant and had this beautiful home birth experience. And then I decided, why not become a doula? <laughs> so that's kind of how that I is amazing. got started. That is awesome. Okay. So you've had over a decade of entrepreneurial experience. That's amazing. And I totally get not wanting to answer to a boss. I definitely feel you on that. I think that's something that a lot of people who are still working the hourly jobs or the salary jobs, building someone else's dream, Mm -hmm. people don't really look at that generally. I mean, not everyone, but a lot of women don't look at that as a justifiable reason to leave their job in the beginning. I think it takes time to get there. So I think that's, that's reason enough. <laughs> that's your dream. So, so how do you get started? So in your list, let's talk, you kind of, yeah. So walk me through how you got started with the massage and also what you're doing now with the birth work. Yep. So with massage, I actually chose the school because I knew that they had a good program to teach you how to be in business because I knew that massage therapists burnt out fast. A lot of them end up with carpal tunnel syndrome. Most don't make it past five years. And so I like took all of the business homework very seriously. And I spent my first year just traveling to people's homes, like going and doing massage in their homes. And I still had my regular job. I went back to the coffee company. Um, so I was doing those two jobs. And then when I remember thinking, oh, I really need to like look into working somewhere, like getting an office somewhere. And who is now my sister-in-law, she was not at the time told me, oh, Amy is who also worked for the coffee company. She's starting an acupuncture company. You should talk to her. And then my friend, Lori, who ended up introducing me and my husband, Um, also had mentioned something that she was going to work there as an esthetician. And so they were looking for an independent contractor, you know, just to keep their business solvable in the first year. They wanted to have another source of income and we hit it off. And I started practicing three or four days a week in their office while doing my other job. And between my own personal network, Um, because I did know a lot of people from the coffee shop. I knew a lot of people from my church and the acupuncture clinic. Um, My business just filled up really quickly. Then 
when I decided to become a doula, I was just like, Hey, I had this great experience. And I had like 11 friends who did not. And I felt like other people need to have good experiences. Like this is, this is not right. It really did not sit well with me that I had so many friends like, you know, go in and come out with C-sections or go in and be bullied. And I had this beautiful experience, even though people made fun of me when I decided to have a home birth. Um, and said I was crazy and all of the things I'm sure, you know, um, yes. I <laughs> yeah. I signed up for a doula training and it took me about two years to get in all of my certifying births before I was certified. And then I kind of just took doula work as it came because by that point I was a mom of two when I was finally certified, I got certified, I think five days before I had my second baby. Um, so my doula business was never like a full-time thing. I usually had like a client every other month who was delivering. And in 2015, I think it was, um, I think I was pregnant with our third baby. We saw this house that was for sale in the neighborhood that we wanted to be in. And it was like, it had good bones. It was a foreclosure. It needed a lot of work. It was so cheap. Like we could even afford it with like me not having that many years in business yet. You know, you need a lot of, when you're self-employed, it's a little bit harder to get a loan. Um, and I was never really working full time because I was breastfeeding and all that stuff. And my husband and I were like, we want to travel. Like we don't want to be saddled down to a house forever. And that's when I started thinking about how can I work and not have to like be location dependent. And I had no idea wow. what that was going to be like. And nothing really came about for about eight months on that front. So okay. we just were like, we're going to figure something out. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Then, then that is when I, so about eight months later, my friend who was my doula for my second birth, um, asked me if I would host a young living class. And I was like, yeah, I want to get oils. I can do that. And I had 18 people come to my first class and like walked out. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, it turned out like six of them already used young living. Um, so they didn't sign up with me, but three people did. And I was like, wow, I just got $150 for like two hours of effort. Maybe this is something I want to continue. And I pretty quickly grew my Young Living business to bring in $500 a month. And so with my fourth baby, because I just kept having them back to back every two years, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was able to have like really comfortable comparatively because we were like, money was really, really tight. Um, my husband had lost his job right after our first daughter was born, I was able to have a pretty comfortable maternity leave, you know, three months long. And then we were able to go on our first vacation, um, in 2017 because of my young living income. So that was when I started kind of moving in the direction of location independent, but I still was doing classes in person. And I really wanted to figure out how do I do that online? So then you fast forward next pregnancy. <laughs> Well, that's the next pregnancy. <laughs> um, so two years later, I was pregnant with our last baby. And um, that's when I heard about the coach that you and I met through. And I ended up signing for mm -hmm. up for several of her programs and started getting some success being able to like talk to people online about essential oils and 
um, she was kind of the one who made me realize, oh, I can do something that's location independent, that's not young living. And that's kind of how I started to get into coaching. So that was in like 2020 when the whole world changed. And I had a second maternity leave because our state had seven weeks of stay at home orders. And so I was just breastfeeding that little girl and trying to figure out all the things, jumping on all of the coaching calls. And um, that is when I started really shifting my money mindset and realizing that I did not have a good mindset to money, even though I had been like very successful in all of my previous business ventures. I was never really making a lot of money. We were just getting by. Wow. You can ask me more questions. That is incredible. Yes. So I love, there's so much that I love about your story. I'm a, and for those of you who don't know, I'm also a fellow home birth mom. I only had one home birth. My fifth child, Andrew, who was born in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic, was born at home. By far, it was the best birth experience out of all of my kids, all six of and so I'm a big home advocate. I also had a doula present for all of births except my first one, which in, which subsequently ended in an emergency C-section. So I recommend having a doula at your birth. So, and also I love that you brought up money mindset. I think that is just so huge. That's something that I plan to go into greater depth on in future episodes about this, maybe I can even have you on as a guest in the future to talk more about that because that is something I just want to touch on that briefly before we move on. All of you mompreneurs who are listening, it is such a worthwhile pursuit to intentionally invest time and examine beliefs about me because when entrepreneurship money, let's just get it out there. What entrepreneurship is about. If you're not making money, you don't have a business. You just have a time-consuming hobby. Yep. And so and a lot of us are operating making money that we're wanting to make because we're operating from a scarcity mindset. So I think, you know, that's something we can go into a lot greater depth in the future. So anyway, I, w- I just want to move on a little bit. So what would you do differently if you could make one change? Yeah. So it would be to change my money mindset. I remember when I opened my business, I was like, I want this to be affordable for everyone because everyone should be getting massage. And I still believe that everyone should be getting regular massage. Unless you're one of those weirdos like my husband who hates massage, you should be getting massage. It's so good for you. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have 30 minute appointments. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, charge a ton of money. And then I realized, oh, I'm doing a lot more work for a 30 minute appointment than I would be for an hour. And eventually I raised my prices $5. And after I think six years, I raised my prices that time. And then in 2020, I raised my prices. I would have raised my prices at least with every baby. And I had such a scarcity mindset about that. I was like, people are, they're not going to keep coming to see me if I raise the price $5 or if I raise it, you know, with the cost of living increase that's happened since the previous year, people aren't going to come to me. What was very interesting is every time I raised my prices, my tip rate went up. So 
not everybody tips, but most people tip, Mm -hmm. um, even though I was like in business for myself. So like someone was giving me a $10 tip when I raised my prices, $5, they started giving me $12 tips. And when I raised my prices, another $5, they started giving me $20 tips. And I was like, this is wild. And what if I literally did the math like a week ago, I was like, what if I had done that every baby, I raised my prices five dollars I could have had really comfortable maternity leaves with all of them and I could have had a lot better mental health experience so that whole idea um one of the thoughts that really held me back from doing that besides like I want to be accessible to everyone the other thought was just that like the love of money is the root of all evil right from the bible like that really bothered me a lot. Like I did not want to become a greedy person, right? Cause we all know there are greedy businesses out there. There are greedy people behind those businesses. And I never wanted to become that. And I really feared that. And so if I could go back, I would give myself the lessons I know now about that. And I would have just continued to raise my prices all of the years and not been afraid to charge what I needed as a doula, I kept my doula packages ridiculously low for way too long where I'm like spending 24 hours recovering from a birth, going to the chiropractor, needing to get a massage from all of the positions I'm in. And my husband not being able to work for two days because I'm at a birth for one day and I'm sleeping for the next. Like that was never, the experiences are beautiful and I love it. And I would do it for free if that fed my family somehow. Um, but it wasn't worth $600 to go through all of that. Like that was very hard on my body and very hard on my family. And if I could do something differently in my business, that's the one thing it would be. Wow. Yes. I love that. So I'm going to, you talked about the money mindset. Now I want to talk about another common struggle that members of children, that is about time. And I'm going to talk about, I want to ask you, how did you find time throughout your journey to right now? How did you find time to work on your business, to work on yourself, to take care of your family, take care of your, your home? Could you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. And I would say with my first couple of kids, I didn't really take care of myself. I just like wanted to be the perfect stay-at-home mom, even though I was not a stay-at-home mom. So I wanted to make my own laundry detergent and cook everything from scratch. And I tried really hard to keep the house clean and work 30 or more hours in my business, depending on if I had a birth or not, or I I lived at a birth center for a while in the apartment above it. So again, with the having three jobs, um, I was dueling, working at the birth center kind of as a doula and a cleaner um, and then massage. So I lost my train of thought for a second, thinking about the birth center. Can you tell me the question again? Tom, how do you find Tom? So when I started doing the Young Living business, I felt like I came at it from a different angle than a lot of people who maybe sign up with an MLM or like, oh, I can just like do this on the side. Like I knew that that wasn't a thing. Like if you want to have a business, like you work really hard behind the scenes doing all the things. And so- I actually come from background of time management. My college job was for the leading time management company in the world. And I actually currently have like a time management course. And so like, I knew that this was part of my values. Like 
being able to travel, like this is who I am and it's who I was long before I got married. And I want to be able to provide that for my kids. So it has to be a priority. And so I have always made it a priority. A couple of practical ways I've done that is I ask my mom for help if I need somebody to watch my kids so I can teach a class or do a consultation or work on my website. And my husband and I have generally had to do like the two ships passing in the night. So right now, our current dynamic is he's with the kids in the morning, basically from breakfast until lunch, and he takes care of them. I come in my room or go to Starbucks or go to the library and I do my work until lunch. And then sometimes we eat lunch together. Sometimes I have to finish up by eating lunch in my room. And then we kind of have this transition hour and then he goes to work. And if I'm doing newborn care, I leave for work before he comes back. Um, so um, to me, when I first started out as mom, I was like, I don't want to like do that. I don't want to make those sacrifices. Like I want to be with my kids as much as I can, mm-hmm. but also knowing because I had a brick and mortar place that I spent 30 hours physically in the transition to taking my business and my business hours seriously, wasn't that hard. Of course it was hard because I'm breastfeeding or pregnant or not sleeping well at night. Like there were definitely the regular mom challenges, but I didn't have trouble with the mindset of this is going to take me time. So practically asking for help, being willing to sacrifice a little bit of time with my husband, not all time. It's not that we never see each other. It's just that we're real focused about how we do that. We're like, okay, are we spending this time watching a show on Netflix? Cause that's what we both want to do. Or are we doing that mindlessly? And we kind of just cut out some of the mindless hanging out time and do the stuff that we both really value so that we still can connect most days. I mean, life is not perfect. Sometimes you go to the ER and you lose your quality time because your kid did something crazy. (laughs) Right. Those things are realities. It happens. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the mindset shifts? You already talked about money and time. Are there any other mindset shifts that you had made? Not motherhood and either or that have helped you to find success in your terms. Yeah. So I think a big one was letting go of the idea that I had to be this like perfect mom um, and that I have to like provide all of whatever the gluten-free meals and stuff like that. And I still like have a lot of values around that, but I let go of the idea that I have to be this perfect entrepreneur who gets it right all the time and is just constantly in the DMs and always on social media as I've moved online or, you know, networking in person when I was brick and mortar exclusively and letting go of the idea that my house has to be spotless and my children have to be like super well-behaved and they have to always be sleeping through the night. I let, as I had each kid, you've probably experienced this with a big family. Like I just had to let go of more of these ridiculous notions that don't hold up when you have more than two kids. Um, And so just that mindset around like my value does not come from being a mother. I'm extremely valuable as a mother. I'm extremely important to my children and to my husband, but they're not like benchmarks proving my worth. And I really came into motherhood with that mindset and it's been super freeing to let that go. That is so powerful. I love that, that your family, your children and your spouse 
are not the benchmarks that prove your worth. I really, really, really love that. I think there's so much truth in that. And a lot of us go into marriage and motherhood with that mentality, but it doesn't serve us. Yeah. It, it, that's, something, that's a limiting belief holds us back. So, um, what, what I have a few more questions I want to ask you. My next question is, what are the biggest lessons that being a mompreneur largely with young children like you? Um, it cut out. Can you repeat that? Sure. What are the biggest lessons that being a mompreneur of a large family of small children have taught you? Um. So in my bio, you mentioned how like Montessori pedagogy kind of like brought about my shift. So a lot of the things around like such as like positive discipline and like the prepared environment, um, as well as like giving my children autonomy, like that's been really helpful to kind of have Montessori to keep calling me back to kind of release some of my expectations yet still hold a high standard. Right. So like, just like you baby proof, um, when your kid starts like crawling and you move the cords away and anchor furniture and stuff like that. Um, I really, I don't aim to be perfect and have like the perfect Montessori shelves and this super tidy house, but I have really strived to have an environment that kind of invites them to engage with it and to have the resources that they need to be more independent, right? So like some people take a very different approach to toilet learning. I swear this ties to business. <laughs> um, then the one <laughs> so when we started teaching our um, third, fourth, and fifth children how to use the toilet, like we provided them with all of the underwear. Like here's 40 pair of underwear. They're here in the bathroom. Here are cloths to clean yourself up if you make a mess. Here's where you put the underwear if you make a mess. If you didn't make it to the toilet, let me know and we'll clean it up together. So from like the age of one, two, we're teaching them this is where you find all of the things and we'll help you in the beginning. And they have like their own independence. Like kids are very independent if we let them be. And so that's been like really freeing for me in my motherhood because I don't have to clean up every toilet mess by myself, maybe in the beginning, you know, but like they can handle it. And I don't have to be triggered and upset. If somebody does have a toilet mess, I can be like, oh, okay, that happens sometime. Let's clean it up. And because I'm not putting so many demands on myself to do everything for my children, I feel a lot less pressure when it comes to time to do my business. So like, that's just one example, but like teaching my kids how to cook and teaching them how to do laundry and helping them learn how to sweep and do all of these important life skills, which, you know, they do focus on a lot in Montessori primary, like has really made my life a lot easier. I don't have to be everything for my kids, but I do need to be a non-triggered calm guide. (laughs) And because they have that independence, I actually have time to work on the fact that I do get really upset when I hear a child scream and I've been able to get coaching on that. And I've been able to make time for therapy to change some of the patterns, you know, that have been around for generations in my family. And so that's, I think 
like I said, Montessori has been super transformative because it's opened all of these doors of awareness of my own self and the unrealistic expectations I had for my kids and the unrealistic expectations I had for myself. And it just seems like the more I let go, the easier life gets, the freer I have, like the less tension I carry in my body. Yes, absolutely. It's so good. And, you know, that our body. Anything that's in our internal world, we're going to see it manifested in our external world. So that's something that I teach a lot. And I know that you are also very, very aware of is just what we need to pay attention to being, being self-aware of what's going on. We're going to have success. In our circumstances. So that's huge. I love it. So as a definitely. I would like it if you could talk to not only our listeners, to me as an expected mom, to any other listeners in my community who are expectant or who are nursing, how can they best take care of themselves, their babies, and their families during the pregnancy and postpartum period? Yes. So as you're an entrepreneur, most people don't do that, right? Most people get a nine to five job, something that's stable. You've already like done the road not taken with your business. And you really have to do that in terms of your maternal care. If you just are showing up to OB appointments and doing what they say and not questioning, not hiring a doula or, you know, doing everything your OB says and hiring a doula, it's very likely that you're going to set yourself up from one of the pitfalls of our unfortunate, disastrous maternity care system in the United States. And I think the first thing you need to do is really remind yourself that you are a good authority for yourself, that you can lead yourself, that you can make good decisions and you can find good resources. I'm not anti-hospital. I am not anti-doctor. I am not anti-cesarean. Although I have had beautiful home birth experiences. And I do prefer attending home birth because what I see is women who have ditched the status quo and taken and blazed their own path to get what they want. And those women tend to look at their birth as very empowering, not just something that happened to them. So if I give one piece of advice is like, get off the mainstream and make your own path. That's number one. Wow, that's good. Because you can have a phenomenal hospital birth experience if you blaze your own trail and you get off of the, oh, I'm just going to do everything that they say. Because everything that they say, here's my little teaching moment, that's for the general population. But the general population does not have the same risk factors, the same body, the same pelvis, the same partner, the same baby as you. We're all different. And so the evidence can show us, oh, generally speaking, this is a good idea, but it might not be the right decision for you. So remember, this is you, this is your baby, this is your family, this is your experience. And you are the one who has to live with that forever. Like some people have really bad birth trauma and don't get the help that they need for it. And it sets up a lot of problems in society. There are reasons postpartum depression and anxiety are so high in this country and so undertreated and not discussed. And it's not okay. It's not okay that women don't get the help that they need. I'm here to change it. Yeah, you're, you're 
exactly, exactly right. And I've had all three of those experiences. I've had a cesarean where I was not in control. That was that I did trauma that I had to work through. I've had five acts, four of which were in hospitals. I'm sorry, I'm losing count. <laughs> three were in hospitals. One was a home birth. I'm about to have another one in a hospital. All of those births in the hospital were incredibly empowering. So I mean, it's 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 just you can. You can have empowered birth experience at home or in the hospital. I, I personally loved my own birth. It was incredible. So thank you so much for speaking to that. So, Stephanie, one question that I ask at the end of my podcast to all my guests, could you give us a book recommendation to our listeners? And then I'll ask you the next question after that. There's one more. Yeah. So the first one that came to mind is You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. That if you have any kind of hesitation about charging high, you have any resistance to being super rich, like if anything comes up around like that, I think that's an excellent book. I have listened to it maybe three or four times and do the questions, do the homework that she gives you. It really will help. And even if you resist it, if you're like afraid to say, I love money and money loves me. <laughs> that book, if you do her prompts, like you can find a way to align her advice with your values and the person that you want to be. That is all. What is an affirmation that you have to hear in, in any area of your life? Kind of it's kind of three, but it's all the same idea. So one of them is a birth affirmation. She believed she could. So she did. That was one that someone gave me in my first birth. And I have just held on. I actually still have the paper that my friend wrote that on. Um, I was like, I can't let go of these things. They're too precious. And that's the same thing with it's anything, right? Like your relationships with your kids, like your family, your business, your birth, you believe you can. So you do. And then this other one was what my friend told me that she said in her birth, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And then the last one that's just almost exactly like it is I can figure this out. I used to come up this mindset of like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then I would be in this stress and anxiety cycle because I didn't know what to do. So flipping that and being honest, I'm not sure what I should do about SEO or something like that. I can figure this out. I can figure this out. I love it. Those are so empowering, Stephanie. Yeah, three in one. <laughs> so where can people, that is, I love it. I love all of them. I'm so glad you included all three of them. So where can people find you on the internet? If they want to so follow I'm you. on Instagram at Sage Motherhood, and my website is stephaniemello.com. That's spelled with an F, like Stephanie Powers, S T E F A N I E M E L O. It's almost too easy to spell. Um, and that's my website. And I have a community, the Sage Motherhood podcast community. So if you are a new mom expecting in your first couple of years, I have a vault of resources, prenatal affirmations. Um, most recently my routines and wellness kind of bringing in my planning into that because planning is a part of motherhood and it's a big part of business. So kind of setting yourself up for success on the home front, you can 
join there for free. Those are my favorite places on the internet. You can find me on Facebook by my name as well, but I'm more likely to be on Instagram. Oh, all those links in the show notes. And Stephanie, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast and hope that we can connect again soon. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, bye. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. If this show has been meaningful to you, I hope you'll subscribe. And it would mean so much to me if you would take the time to leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I take the time to read every single review I get, and they mean so much to me. And your reviews also help this podcast to get into the hands of more listeners and for more people to hear this message. So on that note, Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.